Welcome everyone to Core Values, an official podcast of Broken Arrow Public Schools on the AeroVision Network. I'm your host, Adam J. Foreman, Executive Director of Public Relations for Broken Arrow Schools, and I have wonderful guests today. But before I welcome them, let's talk about our sponsors who make this possible. Our one club sponsors, First National Bank of Broken Arrow, TTC Federal Credit Union, Ascension St. John Broken Arrow, Tulsa Bone and Joint, and the Arrow Group. All right, let's thank our guests today. On, uh, on my right, but you don't know that because you're listening, it's Larry Shackelford, Associate Superintendent of Broken Arrow Schools. Hello, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. He's glad wonderful. To be here. Yes, I'm glad you're here too. Thank you. And on my left, and you also don't know that, is Rosalind Van Jackson, Chief Support Services Officer for the district. Hi. Hi. How good are you? Good morning. I'm wonderful, Adam. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff today, but before we get into that, we're going to follow a little memory lane for both of you. And we're going to start with you, Larry, because okay. why not? Sure. <laughs> so, Larry, tell me about your background in education and kind of where you've been and what you've done and how you got here today? Well, I'm beginning my 42nd year in education. Um, I, I, I coached uh, multiple sports for 25 years before I got into administration. Uh, my first stop right out of college was a small little class B school in Osage County called Prue up on Keystone Lake. And then from there, I traveled to Grove, which is up in the northeast part of the state up on Grand Lake. Then my next stop was at Broken Arrow Schools, where I was the head boys basketball coach and head baseball coach. What years was that? 97 through 04. And then from there, I went to Porter Consolidated Schools as a high school principal. And then while there, I became the assistant superintendent. And then from there, I went to Jay Public Schools up in northeast Oklahoma, which was my hometown. And I was superintendent of schools there for two years. And then I, I left there of uh, July 1st and then started employment here in September as director of facilities. So nobody's letting you had a retirement at all. Well, I tried it for <laughs> one year, and, and uh, I just missed being around kids and people and, you know, just, uh, just that's been my calling. And I just uh, enjoy, you know, school and uh, working with kids and working with teachers and principals. So, you know, I just feel like that I need to be working. Well, and some people, retirement doesn't agree with them. My grandma was that way. She's right. like, I ain't slowing down. I don't want to do this. I got to keep working out right. there. Awesome. Now, you said, where college? Where did you go to college? Well, I went to uh, Northeast Oklahoma A&M Junior College on a baseball scholarship, and from there to Northeastern State University in Tahlequah. Go Redmond. Played baseball there, and then I did my master's work at uh, Southern Nazarene University. So those are the colleges that I attended. Well, they were very lucky to have you in the ranks of alum. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Rosalind, how about you? Tell me your educational journey getting here. All right. Well, I've been in the educational industry uh, for the better part of two decades. I started out in the private sector. Uh, working in human resources. I love that work. I love being around people. I love supporting people. It's a part of my DNA. Uh, from there, I started working in Tulsa Public Schools. I worked as a support supervisor, first in the capacity of a special needs coordinator. Uh, love that work. Um, have a special place in my heart for special needs students and for students in general. Uh, began working uh, again in the support operations realm, became a manager, uh, really delved into transportation, 
And uh, from there, I'm a lifelong learner. So I uh, adopted a lot of strategies of networking, uh, became uh, president of the association here in Oklahoma, uh, was a two-time administrator of the year, and, and just really used other, others' great knowledge uh, to, to build good programs within the departments that I worked. And so uh, I fell in love with it. You know, uh, working in the support realm within education, you have to have purpose. And I found the purpose in my life. You know, I really thought that I would go back to doing um, private work, uh, but there's just something special about having meaningful work. And so that's what's brought me to Broken Arrow. I came here in 2016 as the Assistant Director of Transportation. Uh, worked in that department for several years and then became Executive Director of um, Support Services and Enrollment. And now I'm the Chief, Chief Support Services Officer uh, here in Broken Arrow overseeing transportation, child nutrition, and uh, before and after care or BNA connections, along with being the city liaison. I'm in the presence of greatness here with you two. My goodness, you guys have the best resumes like ever, ever. I'm like, I've been here. I designed something once. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Yeah, okay, awesome. so, uh, and you're also a, a speaker too. Don't you go to national events and, and speak about transportation? I do. I sit on um, a board, which is the National Congress on Student Transportation, and we meet every five years to discuss best practices nationwide for people transportation. And a part of that work, uh, I get a lot of requests to speak, and I'm able to uh, really discuss the great things we're doing here in Broken Arrow and, and through my experiences, uh, not only in the last year, but the last, I said, couple of decades, share some of the best practices um, that can be implemented. And I learn a lot as well. I, I, as of late, I spoke on the new regulations that are coming down from the federal government, uh, from the Department of Transportation for CDL bus drivers that may require an additional 40 to 90 hours oh, of training for our drivers. And right so, through the heart. Yeah, I got a lot of that. It wasn't the most fun <laughs> talk that I've had, but some of the more more uh, enjoyable talks that I've had are, are just about strategic management and uh, gaining efficiencies and I'm big on retention, right? We, we recruit folks, but retention is really, really important. The way you treat people is really, really important. So I, I enjoy that piece of work. Well, and retention speaks to your culture yeah, as well. Absolutely. Like if people don't want to leave, they want to stay. Yes. Or, or if they want to come back like Larry and I did. <laughs> it, it, it speaks volumes about, about the district. Yeah. So you talked about your, the areas that you oversee. Larry, in your capacity, what are some areas that you oversee for the district? Well, I'm responsible for all the operations of the school district, and under that falls maintenance, plan operations, facilities, and construction. And we are a, a district that loves to construct. We do. <laughs> In fact, uh, you know, we're just completing several projects uh, as we speak. Uh, we just, uh, we're still doing some final punch out list items at Vanguard. So that's been, you know, our kids have been there all year, but we're still finding some things that, you know, were overlooked or need to be done. We just did a, uh, a new remodel of uh, Oliver over the summer, Oliver Middle School, with a new media center, a, a new face, really, uh, from the street side. And uh, that uh, really looks uh, beautiful uh, in front of the school there now. It's just a lot more appealing. Well, that road helped, too. It did. Uh, <laughs> the new road is amazing. <laughs> but, you know, we have a standard at, at Broken Arrow, and, um, you know, it's a shame 
you know, when I've been to other school districts um, throughout the state and even working in some that, you know, were economically challenged, uh, it's, it's a shame that everyone across the state, every student doesn't have the opportunities to go to the uh, schools like we have here in Broken Arrow where the, you know, everything is, has a fresh coat of paint, uh, everything is clean, everything is, is heated and cooled. Uh, you know, we just were very fortunate to ha- that our students, and, and I hope they never take that for granted because, you know, it, it, when you get out of Broken Arrow schools and look at some of our smaller districts surrounding us, they, they don't have those same uh, luxuries that we do. I can second that. I went to Claremore, and we lived, uh, we had an old junior high that they tore down by now. But, boy, when you're in it, you thought, wow, <laughs> this right. is terrifying. <laughs> this know, wall could come down at any minute. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm proud uh, that that we have that attitude here that that we do want excellence in everything that we do not just how we look um you know one of the things that i used to tell uh, other administrators uh, would be that you know if everything looks good from the outside a lot of times people think everything's look is going good on the inside yeah. so it's important to keep your facilities you know clean the trash picked up uh, painted it just uh, just in you know increases the pride of of everyone in the community so uh, uh, we, we just got through or uh, on the final stages of, of remodeling Westwood. That's going to house our, our track athletes, uh, uh, our tie gets. Uh, so, you know, that facility over there is, is really uh, shaping up and looking good because we moved all of our ROTC uh, kids out of that building and moved them over to the old ag building at the high school campus. And we remodeled that over, over the summer. Our maintenance group did that, did a fantastic job for those kids. Um, you know, as we're a growing school district, you know, our, our biggest challenges is just finding space for all of our kids and all the activities that we have. You know, our newest project is going to be the construction of an event center, which is going to attach on the east side of the varsity training center. And that's going to house our cheerleaders, our, our wrestlers, and our volleyball, which will really ease a lot of our uh, space restraints that we have right now over in the field house. So that's going to open that up a lot more for fine arts, uh, for our basketball players. Uh, and so, you know, we're just constantly challenged with that, finding places for kids to practice and, and go. So. Well, you said a word right there. You said challenge, which brings me to my next area. Don't you like my segues there? Just Love smooth it. as butter. Love right. it. <laughs> uh, a lot of people will talk about the last two years, two of the most challenging school years in the history of education. So in your respective areas, you each had challenges to, to look at and overcome and, and critically think about. So, Rosal, let's talk about the big one in your area, transportation. Yes, I'm glad to. Um, it, it has been a challenging uh, last couple of years, but I can say that it's also been rewarding um, because we were able to, you know, critically think about um, how to uh, sustain our success uh, across years. We started planning uh, in 2017 what we would need to do to accommodate growth. You know, what would we need to do if we kept this number of drivers? We weren't able to fill positions. What would it look like um, as far as our routing configurations? Uh, what efficiencies could be earned? Um, what can we do to sustain that if we grow? Well, growth 
is happening, but something else happened along the way, and that was our, our nice pandemic that we have. <laughs> I, like, so, I like how you called it nice. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Our definitely, polite one. <laughs> definitely being facetious there. But um, we, we had a, a plan, and, and that really helped us. And being able to execute that plan uh, really kept us in a position. My goal has always been that I do not want to close school because we can't support the function in the classroom by providing drivers. Um, we've been able to pivot and we've been able to implement some of the strategies that we began planning in 2017, such as uh, centralized bus stops and modifying routes. Now, what does that mean? A lot of people talk yes, about efficiency does that and mean? centralized stops. So on a bus route, um, typically there's three tiers or there can be three tiers where you gain the most efficiencies. And those three tiers would align with your bell times. And so essentially what you're doing is you're using that one driver, that one bus, as many times in the day uh, to reduce the need, right? And, and so are there two or three waves? There's like, three. There's three waves. There's okay. three waves, one that consists of either the freshman academy and the uh, high school. And then um, the second wave would go then to, or tier would go then to a middle school. And then the third would go to an elementary school. So that driver drives three runs, which would be one route. My goodness. And so in that, um, every single stop that you make, people don't think about this. You know, from our high school to our freshman academy, it takes about 20 minutes in our bus. Um, And a lot of people think, wow, that's long. It takes me about 10 or 15. Well, you don't have to stop at every railroad crossing. Correct. You know, we, we reduce our speeds. Our turns are taken you know, a lot slower. And so there's time. And if you add in every stop, there's about 30 seconds to two minutes for every stop. So if we combine those stops and have students pull, that's less time and more students that we can get on the bus. And so that is what centralized stops are. It's really, like I said, getting efficiency and being able to do more with less. And so some of those strategies have really afforded us um, opportunity to retain and recruit uh, great driver personnel. We have the, gres- the greatest staff um, here in BA. Uh, like Larry mentioned, uh, I'm very, very proud to be here. We have just a special culture um, and a group of folks that love kids and love what they do, and they have uh, special attention to the purpose and what it means to actually start the day right for these kiddos and to also end it. I have to say, there are uh, two occupations in, in public education that deserve a special place in heaven, middle school teachers <laughs> and bus drivers, because my gosh, a bus driver is not only following all the safety precautions, but they're kind of having to be a disciplinarian. They're having to, they're, they're a juggling act. They're doing so many things. I such respect for bus drivers in yes, our district. Definitely. And, and some of the things that people are fearful about, and that's that discipline and that student management on the bus, those are some of the easiest things and the most rewarding. That's what makes it an enviable workplace, actually, is if you find a way to enjoy the kids. And one of the first things that we started training our drivers to do, it's very, very simple, and we do this throughout all of the support services divisions, and that is just to greet the student, you know, and, and get to know them, get to know their names. We have a, a driver that does, you know, a kindness day and, and talks to the kids about being kind, you know, and, and just really invest time and energy into their day and, and making sure that it's going well, not only on the bus, but as they, you know, get off the bus. Right. I have a special story about one of your drivers. Last year when Victory Christian did the uh, free shopping event where they brought in a bunch of like Amazon stuff and people got to go through, I saw a lady with a big box and she was just filling it with 
Halloween costumes. And I watched her and I watched her. And after, after watching for about 10 minutes, I just walked over and said, can I just ask you what you're doing with all those? And she goes, I'm collecting these for my kids that I drive for so I can make sure that they all have Halloween costumes. And I was like, I have to leave now. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't get emotional. I gotta go right now. Like, and you just see that stuff. Unbelievable that their heart is in that. Yeah. For the kids. Does it shock me at all? Oh, that uh, didn't shock me, but all. it just like it just got me like yeah. right there. And and you know, she put those kids above herself and it was just the greatest thing. So I made sure to track her down too later and be like, I want I want pictures. I, you know, I want to see this stuff because we gotta promote ourselves. We're our best right. promotion. And those are the types uh, of employees that we have in all departments. Uh, you know, just one little quick tidbit, uh, you know, we had a student uh, that you, I'm sure, Adam, you know about this. I know Rosalind does, um, but our listeners need to know that we had a we had a pride student in our maintenance department that was, uh, you know, doing an internship with uh, our plumbers, and um, we found out that, you know, after she had won the national championship, that she was having some, uh, you know, going to have some costs about buying her national championship ring. As soon as our guys, our maintenance guys, found out about it, immediately they started getting in their billfolds, and within minutes, um, they had already pulled three or four hundred dollars out of their pockets, and uh, I think the ring was like three hundred dollars. So, you know, that's the heart that a lot of our employees in our district have for kids. When they presented that to her, what was that feel for them like? Well, Tell me about than, that event. Other than me almost, uh, you know, getting kind of choked up a little <laughs> bit, just watching her um, her face and her reaction. You know, she, they told her they had to trick her to get there. They told her she had to be there at 630 to help set up tables. So <laughs> she had no idea. It was We were having a breakfast uh, in honor of her. She didn't know it, but we presented that to her, and, you know, her mom and dad were just super thrilled. She was super excited, uh, you know, and – that's just something that, uh, you know, as I talk to my departments, you know, a lot of times we don't think that we have that big of an impact uh, on people. But there was a student that had a positive impact on adults uh, to the point that they were touched by her work ethic. Um, here's a girl that get, would get to work every morning. At, her parents would drop her off at 6 o'clock. She would work for three or four hours. They would. One of our guys would drop her off at the high school. She would have class all day. Then she would have band practice for. You know, we've seen them. You know, they may practice for hours. Oh, yeah. out there. So you know, they're and like the heat and the cold right, doesn't right. matter. They're just a machine. They're like postmen. And so <laughs> here is a young lady that had a tremendous impact on a, on a group of men uh, that just were touched by. Uh, her and and how hard she worked out there so they wanted to give back something for her so that's you know that's the kind of culture that we're trying to cultivate here at, at broken arrow schools that you know that we have a you know a heart for kids and uh, we're going to do what we can to not only educate them but make them feel welcome and 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 warm and and uh, important and adam while i'm while I'm talking, I just want to circle back just a little bit on, our, on our new event center. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I failed to mention that that facility is also going to house some things that could be fine arts concerts. Um, it's it's going to have a, a huge floor that we could 
we could have a maybe a pep rally for all of our students on this one campus because right now our our field house is not large enough to have a pep rally for our ninth and twelfth ninth through twelfth grade kids. So this new facility that we're building is is going to be actually a multi-purpose facility. It's going to be uh, could be an auditorium. It could hold sporting events. It could uh, you know could hold a, a teacher uh, professional development. It could. You know, we could have our end-of-the-year teachers. I mean, it's going to, you know, the capacity is going to be over 3,000. So it's going to hold a lot of people. So this is, you know, just an, another phase of, of the bond issue that uh, we're in that, you know, we're really excited about providing something more for our community and our kids. Well, and, and that's the thing I've heard, too, about being able to get all the high school teachers under one roof is right. next to impossible right now. So this would alleviate right. that problem big time. Right. And, and, of course, Obviously, we couldn't do these things without the support of our school board. And, uh, you know, we do have a wonderful school board. They are very supportive of all the activities and all the things that we do here at Broken Arrow Schools. So, you know, they're they're a big part of everything that we do. Sometimes they get lost in, in all this. But if you don't have a strong board and strong leadership there, then you can't get anything done. So, Well said. So we're actually about to wrap up. We're just having a great time here talking. It kind of went went by pretty fast, didn't you? Didn't did, think, right? and all of a sudden you look down, and you're like, "Whoa, we've been talking twenty minutes." Right. Let's talk about the future for each of your departments. Right. What are some things that you would love to see happen in your area? We'll start with you first, Larry. Well, one of the things that that I constantly talk about in our departments is that we want to be servants. That we want to serve the students of our school district. We want to serve the site principals especially in the maintenance side of it. We want to be good communicators. Um, you know, just give you an example. We have 36 sites that we heat and cool. We have 1,500 rooftop HVAC units. We have 3.3 million square feet that our, that our people have to clean and maintain. So when you're looking at, you know, 35 uh, guys in the in the maintenance department you know that's a huge undertaking with just that but we do have some wonderful men and women in our in our custodial and in maintenance areas and uh, they do a fantastic job but once again our main mission is we obviously we've had some challenges like right now we've had uh, heat exchangers go out here left and right here in this last couple of weeks when it's been cold we're having trouble getting parts. Uh, the the supply chain is just like every for everything. It's 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 hard on us too. So when we have a teacher or kids that are cold in a classroom, it's not because we don't want to fix it or can't get out there to fix it. It's the fact that we can't get the parts, and so those have been challenges. But uh, like I said, our our main mission and and our culture is always going to be to be servants and and represent you know our school district. Um, in, in that type of way. So that's how we want to be defined in, in, in our department and, uh, you know, just always wanting to be accessible and, and, and feel all of our teachers, staff, parents, whatever, to feel free to contact us uh, anytime they see a problem. Well, let me tell you, your, your workers, when I come across them and see them throughout the district, they always have the best attitudes the best smile on their face. Great. Just the nicest human beings in the whole world. Well, I'm, that, that really makes me feel good because that's something that we, we constantly preach every day is, you know, be thankful for what we have. Uh, be thankful that we get to work in a school district like Broken Arrow. And, um, you know, I'll just, just quickly, I know we're running short on time. But, uh, we have no time limit. You keep but, going. 
<laughs> let, let me just say this. Uh, I know when I was a young coach uh, and, you know, starting my career, the, the epitome to me of the best job that I could have ever hoped to have would have been the head basketball coach at Broken Arrow High School. That was the goal of mine uh, when I got out of college. And I was fortunate to be able to, you know, to get there and, and experience that. And then when I left, I was I was at uh, a couple of schools after that um, in an administrative role, but I always looked at Broken Arrow as as the the best school. Uh, just that was kind of the light shining on the hill. And as I go around and and you know when I when I was a superintendent, you know I met a lot of superintendents across the state, and and it just seemed like that Broken Arrow has that. Uh, reputation of excellence in so many things excellence in academics excellence in fine arts excellent in athletics facilities it just uh, i just know that when people get here and they see our culture that they don't want to leave and if they leave they want to come back uh, that's kind of the message that that i've seen and heard from from others so i just want to say i feel very fortunate to be here i enjoy my job i, I love to get up and come to work every single day and so you know it's been a great experience for me the second time around and and hope to continue in this position for you know a long time you're now the official spokesman for broken arrow schools Thank well you. said <laughs> well said couldn't have said it better myself Rosalind. all right let's talk about future initiatives and and stuff for your departments yeah. child nutrition transportation that kind of stuff Absolutely. To start out with your original question uh, on challenges, uh, we have the same challenges as some of the operations departments do as well uh, with supply chain. It's just been a a battle that everyone's facing nationwide. Uh, But our our most critical challenge is staffing. Uh, For transportation, we run over a million miles a year. Uh, We run over 115 square miles within our district, and we're short uh, just under 20 drivers. Uh, that can be very, very challenging in uh, holding the standard that we've had and and uh, the minimum amount of accidents that occur on uh, our roads with our drivers. They're very, very, very safe. So that's pretty, really pretty spectacular. That. Yeah, it is. It is. We have a very low uh, accident rate, uh, along with a very low uh, breakdown rate over the road. You don't very often see a bus uh, broken down on the side of the road. We have fantastic mechanics, but as we're not able to get parts. You know, those types of things uh, are in danger. Uh, in addition um, to staffing, uh, we have some, some challenges um, with, with just maintaining that service level with uh, less, right? Kind of, we, we've had our strategy in place since 2017. We've kind of adopted all of those things. And so what's next? What can we do next? So we're in the thralls of, of investigating that. Uh, from a child nutrition standpoint, uh, we're short 39 child nutrition workers. My goodness. And everyone's being fed. And that's that's a basic need, right? Absolutely. And they're doing a fantastic job. As we speak, they're prepping uh, to feed students from 12 to 1. Uh, I don't know if any of you went out. I know? went out yesterday, actually, yeah. to go see and hang out. I was at Spring Creek and, and it, saw them serving. It was free In the sub-zero weather, <laughs> yes. And they all had smiles. You know? They did. They all had smiles, and they were happy to do it. And uh, before and after care or BNA connections, we're short 22 folks in that area and in that department. Um, however, you know, the only thing that can stop us from filling those positions is ourselves. 
you know, we believe that we can and, and we will. And so we're, we're really uh, going to do everything we can to recruit um, pretty soon. There's not going to be many people in Broken Arrow that don't know that we need either drivers, uh, which right now they probably know that. They better. We, we pay for the town pretty well. So, uh, But they'll also know we need child nutrition and we need before and after um, care workers in the BNA Connections department. And so um, we will uh, be able to make some strides. I really believe that because like Larry said, you know, this is an enviable workplace. It is great in Broken Arrow. We have wonderful things. We have wonderful kids. We have wonderful staff at school sites that welcome um, these students. Even our parents, you know, even even um, our, our workers in the library, um, they all do a great job, and they do it, again, for that purpose. They love kids. We're all here for the kids. And so I, I really believe that we'll be able to overcome some of those challenges in the near future. So for those listening, what's a good call to action for them right now? A call to action for you would be to go to our website, baschools.org forward slash careers, and search for either transportation work, child nutrition, or before and after connections. Um, And we look forward to hearing from you all. We'd love to have you join the Broken Arrow family. It's almost like we rehearsed that. It felt so organic. We didn't, though, I promise. <laughs> well, that's all we have for today for Core Values. I want to thank you, Rosalind, for coming on board. Thanks for being a guest with me. Thank you. And then, Larry, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. You are awesome. You both are really awesome. So thank you to everybody for tuning in to Core Values, an official podcast of Broken Arrow Schools on the Arrow Vision Network. We'll see you next time.